We've got another episode free of any coronavirus talk for you today, all recorded before any of this came down. So uh, enjoy the lack of coronavirus. Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. The If You Market podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. And uh, I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, joined by co-host Carla Jo Helms. Hi, guys. And uh, today we'll be talking with Tukon Das of uh, LeadSift about intent data. Tukon is the CEO of the intent data company, LeadSift, where they mine intelligence from unstructured public web data to help organizations better engage their customers, uh, also known as intent data. Tukan, really, uh, really happy to have you on today. Hopefully, we can make some some uh, heads and tails of this intent data topic. We intend to Super make heads or tails. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Looking, looking forward to the chat. So, before we jump into into intent data and what that means and all that kind of stuff, and just for for the listeners to understand, our goal here is going to be to try to have you walk away understanding what intent data is and and how you can use it. And, and what it's not kind of. I think there's a lot of fog out there around what, what intent data yeah. is and, and how to use it. Before we jump into that, though, can you, uh, Tukan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to, uh, to be running the company uh, LeadSift and, uh, and, and how you got to be the CEO there? Yeah, so I am one of the co-founders of LeadSift. So <clears throat> my background is in, in computer science and specifically in, in data mining. Huh. About seven years ago, me and, and, and a few of my friends, um, um, we started the company. You say um, seven years I, ago? Uh, six now, and a half, I didn't yeah. know Intent Data had been around that long. All right. <laughs> so, no, no, that's a great, great uh, question. When we started first, we were not in the B2B Intent Data space. Mm-hmm. We were... When we started the company, uh, our mission was, and it still is, is to mine signals of intent from publicly available unstructured data. Um, signals of intent has been there since the invention of uh, internet, I should say. Um, and, and our first, when we first started, it was around predicting which consumers are going to buy a new car or a new phone or a new credit card or, or, or those you know, consumer-facing uh-huh. products. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we started. So we would work with the large Fortune 500 companies, so your Ford, your LG, MasterCard, and the big guys. So we did that for about three and a half years. And then about three, three, three years and a few months ago, we pivoted into uh, – into the B2B, specifically B2B technology space, where our mission still remained the same, has been around mining signals of intent uh, from unstructured data. Uh, but this time, it's focused more towards B2B technology companies. So rather than telling you who's going to buy a new car, uh, we would be trying to predict which companies and which contacts within those companies are showing intent about buying a new IT security software. Tukon, what made you decide to shift over to B2B? Yeah, um, great question. So there were a few different reasons. Um, the, the first one, to be honest with you, was when we were working with these large brands, um, what we found out was we really got a chance to directly work with the brand. We would be always uh, you know, working with the agency of record, typically the media agency of record. And when we are working with an agency, um, the challenge is, A, you don't have direct access to the brand. Uh, and B, uh, agencies run, um, use data from a campaign model. Meaning, let's say they have a new car launch, they would use our data or intelligence to run an ad campaign or a launch. And then they will go away. Mm. And then they would come back six months later and say, hey, we have another ad campaign, a big launch. We want to use your data. Um, so there was... Um, we would always fight for predictability. They would never sign annual contracts to begin with. It's always a campaign based. Um, so that was a big problem. Hmm. The second thing was, um, given we are not people from the brand world, we are you know, hardcore tech folks, um, we did not really understand as well as we wanted the pains and the challenges of, 
of what the brand marketing manager at Chrysler was facing. Um, so we would provide them with data, but we still really didn't understand the process. And as a result, sales cycles were very long. And uh, yeah, so coupled with those two reasons and a few other smaller reasons, we, we decided to pivot. So it's more of a natural fit for you guys, it sounds like. Absolutely. I mean, the best part is we are our biggest customer of Leadsip. <laughs> That's always nice. Right? Yeah, you can use your own exactly. product. Yeah. I think it's imperative, though, to be honest with you, because what happens is, A, if because we use our product on a daily basis for, for everything we tell our customers, so we are not disingenuous in saying, hey, it works, because we know it works, and we also know the shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, if something is broken in the system, even before a customer knows, our internal team knows that because we are so using So you are it. your own um, beta test group, kind of. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. That really speeds, uh, you, you know, you don't have a lag in feedback from the customer when you are the customer. Uh, you, you really yep. get to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. I think that uh, that clarifies you guys a little bit. Now the big question, intent data. Um, <laughs> is there anything you can throw out right off the bat to help people understand what it is or isn't? Yeah. So, Everyone has a definition of intent. Um, For me, the way I look at it is intent data are specifically buying intent because there can be other kinds of intent. But in this case, we are talking about buying intent or purchase intent or intent data as as it's commonly known is, is basically the probability of a company or a person um, in this case, let's talk about a company because we are talking in a B2B sense. Um, it's the probability of a company buying your software or service at any given point in so is time. It, that is, is it almost like data. a poker tell you're saying, you know, it's not necessarily they went and downloaded a white paper. That's a, that's an old school lead. You send an email campaign, uh, they go to the site, they download a white paper from your site. You're seeing intent there around that topic, but you wouldn't really call that your kind of intent data. This feels more like a, a poker tell where you're saying, oh, when they, you know, companies that eat the Oreo cookie tend to be going in this direction or here's what that means to them. Is, is this more of that? It's like a signal that's not directly connected typically? Yeah. So, so to clarify, if someone goes to your website and downloads a piece of content, whether it's a webinar or an ebook, that is a signal of intent. Mm-hmm. But that is a first party intent. Right meaning that is happening on your website, which is great. You definitely, that's a, that's actually a pretty strong. I'm saying send me a proposal so I can look at it. That's intent, really strong intent. Unbelievable. But you're looking for farther up the the channel intent. We are actually looking at, forget further up or below. We are actually looking on things that are not happening on your properties. So for example, you know, whichever company you are, whether you get a thousand visitors a month or a million visitors a month, there are obviously a lot of other activities happening outside of your properties. You as a customer, uh, you want to know what's happening there to pick up some of those signals as they happen, whether it's you know, industry publications, competitors, events, and a and, and bunch of different things. That's where we come in. We try to capture intent as they happen on the public web, which is outside of your mm-hmm. property. Um, that's the intent. So we, it's broadly called third-party intent. Um, um, so that's, that's, that's where So we are there any in. secrets in how, how this intent shows itself that you can share with us? And maybe they're not even secrets, maybe it's yeah. public, but how are you guys identifying this, this intent and tracking it? Some things I guess I'd want to know throughout there. Um, are ISPs. I know ISPs can sell the traffic of their clients now. They can say, okay, we have this client and they are, um, here's all the websites they're visiting basically. Uh, is ISP data included in there? Search engines sell uh, searches. Um, is that kind of data included in there? And uh, what else so, is or isn't included? In, in, in leads of data or in general though? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean. I guess what I'm saying is for, for the ISPs and the search engine stuff, you know, if you have a a database of IP company matching and, and you're seeing, and you get a feed, some sort of fire hose from an ISP of data, um, is that telling you this IP is visiting these sites 
um, or, or yeah, is that available so, or not kind of, and is that used in intent? I don't think ISP's data is used in intent anywhere. Um, search engines definitely will never, ever, ever give away uh, that data. Mm. Um, because, I mean, think about it. What you are searching on Google, if Google starts selling that data, that is the strongest signal of intent, Right. right. period. Uh, that data is they not kind of they do sell uh, it, but yeah. only internally, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean to their they, product, they, yeah. they will not sell to yeah for their own product. They would be um, undermining themselves, I guess, if they started to make it available as intent data. Yeah, they cannot. I mean, Google is the biggest intent fulfillment engine. Right. What I mean by that is, when you have a need for something, whether you are looking to buy a software or buy a car, the first place you go is actually Google search and search for right. something. Based on that query, Google is actually in the business of fulfilling intent. That's how. Now, what about other search engines? Maybe they're a little. De- would would Bing sell its information uh, to uh, try I, to no, make a no, buck? No, no. I think it'd be a little no. shady. Uh, yeah, I don't think they they do. I don't. To be honest with you, they do. The way we look at intent in a B two B setting is this. Look, in in reality, in a B two B setting, there is no one that actually, you know, waves a flag or raises their hand and says, hey, I'm looking to buy a new IT security right. software or you know, an accounting software. That does not well, happen. There is, people Until do that, but they're phishing themselves. They're looking to see who comes to the, you know, it's usually some. Yeah, but it's so, so right. rare. What I'm it's saying is so they're not actually rare. interested in that. They're interested in finding out who's looking yeah. to, for people interested so, in that. Potentially. So the real buyers don't. Um, until unless they go to your website and request a demo pick up the phone, call you and say, hey, send me a proposal and things like that. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there is no one who's, who's clearly telling, hey, I'm looking to buy this. Um, if they did, it would have been, have been really good. So in the absence of that, um, the companies still need to know who are in market because timing is so important. Now, so that's where the rise of intent data provider or sales intelligence platforms come into play, where they are looking for different kind of proxies. And I use the word proxies because there is not a direct signal that says, hey, I am guaranteed right. going to buy this It's more of software. an exhaust of their intention, kind of. That, that's, that's exactly it. So there are these different proxies that give other companies an indication that they might be, this company might be interested in a solution like theirs. Now, the beauty of this whole thing then comes um, is every company um, is looking at it from a different kind of proxy lens, meaning someone might say, hey, I'm seeing this IP address has been reading up a lot of content on ABM on Forbes.com. So they might be interested in an account-based marketing. And this IP address so happens to be maps to IBM. So IBM may be interested in account-based marketing. Does it really mean that IBM is buying? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But again, it's a good proxy. Right. It's more right? likely they are than the company that's not showing those signals. Right. So that's it seems right. like a lot of intent is really used, unlike somebody fills out a form on your site in order to download a white paper on a very specific, that's showing an extremely highly focused level of intent and now that's, you know, that person could be pursued as a lead even at that point. This intent data is more saying, okay, you've got a thousand accounts you're pursuing. Which, you know, which 100 of these should your account managers call on today? Instead of trying to call 1,000, the intent data helps you narrow down to the more likely um, to prioritize your, your efforts. That is certainly one of the biggest use cases of intent. Yes, you nailed it. Okay, okay. Um, one of the, can you tell me what, are there some common misconceptions? What is intent not that people keep thinking it is? Yeah, I want to hear that. Uh, what people normally, yeah. yeah so, what do people think that it's commonly not? A lot of people think of this as a silver bullet, meaning, <laughs> you know, you told me these hundred companies were showing intent. Uh, I followed up with them. None of them bought from <laughs> or, me yet. Or I remember with Leech, uh, they would uh, call up and say, hey, I asked these guys if they were planning on buying this, and they said no, and they'd be upset. Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably get yeah. clients saying that, like, we called all these people, and none of them were interested in buying our product. <laughs> they- yeah, so, so that is what it, it is not. Um, 
so what we have seen is, and again, I should clarify this. We have seen where we have given, uh, we picked up an intent signal, we passed it to their CRM, their salespeople followed up, they booked a meeting within an hour of getting the signal, closed a deal within the first 30 days. That has happened. But does that mean all 100 of them that we sent would buy the same way? No, it's not. Um, the way I think of intent signals are, you, you have your, the two extremes are someone who's coming to your website, filling out a form and requesting a demo. That's the lowest form of intent. Like that's a lead that you go after. And then there are the cold lists, which is basically, hey, give me a list of all director of ITs in North America. Uh, intent signals, I think, sit somewhere in between where it basically tries to predict which companies and which contacts in our case where we can predict the contacts says, you know, these are the people you should be talking to because there's some kind of activities happening. And the beauty is, is how we define those activities at Leadsef. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And I, I get it's the feeling. like a really intentional lead scoring type of technology, finding and you know, like turning. An, I mean, the companies still have to sell, right? Yeah, I think that's where you're saying it's Absolutely. not a magic bullet. People think that yeah. they, once they get them on the phone, people be like, thank God, I've been looking for somebody to call me so I can buy this product. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's more likely this person is than that person or this company once you have that intense, intense signal. See, the other thing is in, when we think of intent, one another practical use case is you might have had a company, someone from that company download a piece of content three months ago or speak to you at an event a month ago. And that's great. The deal that nothing happened, but all of a sudden in the last week, we, we, you saw them, they were hiring for a director of it security. They attended another, um, you know, RSA conference and they were talking to one of your competitors. Now with all of those signals, the data that you already have in your first party in your CRM became so much more useful. Now you can say, Hey, account executive or sales development rep, you know, the person that you talked to a couple months ago, I think they're back in market. They're showing these kind of different trigger events. Let's go after them. Mm. I see. I see. Um, so with intent data, I, I'm getting a better picture and I've done some research on this uh, as well. I see there's so many companies out there. You guys all seem to do it a little bit differently as far as what you mm. track, how you track it. Um, yeah, it seems like it's all over the place. Like you have to talk to a company and find out exactly how and what do you deliver? Um, because everybody runs a little different. And as an example, um, some companies we've talked to, you provide a list of targeted accounts then, and what type of intent you're looking for. And then they go out and they'll provide the intent on those specific topics or keywords or, or whatever the company's calling them for those specific companies. And then other companies will, they'll say, okay, here's our list of topics. We're already collecting all of this. You pick and we'll deliver the companies to you. And then if you want to match them to a preset list, or whatever you want to do with that, that's up to you. Um, it just, the crossover between the accounts you're targeting and the topics and what's preset and what the client can specify seems to be all over the place. And then you get an, another layer of some companies seem to say, we're going to give you intent on a company and others say we can give you intent down to the location and others say we can give you down to the contact. Um, so there's just mm -hmm. so many different permutations of options. It's, it makes it kind of crazy. Can you, what does lead step do? Yeah. What do you guys do within yeah. that? And what are your thoughts on like, why do you do that versus others? Is there one model better or are they just all different options for people? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think it's a very important question. I go back to what I said. In B2B intent, there is no definitive answer saying, hey, this company is going to buy from you. That's the holy grail, right? Everyone is trying. In the absence of that, what every intent data provider is trying to do is, in their own way, come up with these proxies. Um, so that's why everyone is slightly different, and for good reason. The way we look at it is actually fundamentally different than every single intent data provider out there. So by proxy, uh, you mean like a tell? This is their... Yeah, it's a tell. Sorry, it's no a tell. No problem. I just, for the signal. listeners, I, know, I, know you, I yeah. just want to clarify. Yeah. So, so the way we approach it is, it's we basically say, you know, we, we, we would go ahead and crawl everything that is public. Everything, meaning your blogs, forums, 
job boards, social networks, event sites, SEC filings, websites, everything that is public, we would crawl. And then we'd look for different tells or proxies that give us an indication that something might be happening. So to give you an Wait, example. Wait, one second. Mm -hmm. Are you crawling um, that yeah. just a massive yeah. data dump that then gets gets uh, like big data style or are you crawling it for specific terms for a specific client for terms that you track in general uh, for specific accounts within there? Like what exactly are you, um, are you crawling for? So we are, it's a combination of two things. It's a combination of us crawling certain things all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's a combination of looking for certain specific competitors or companies or keywords that our clients so are So you have a in. base of information you're always collecting. And then Absolutely. with individual yeah. clients, do you collect specific information uh, for them? Yeah. Like both company and, uh, and intent uh, Keyword, I don't, I don't even know what, 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 what phrase should I be so, using here? I think some companies call it a topic. Triggers. triggers. We call it triggers. And, and the reason we call it triggers is basically it's not just a topic. Um, because, so we, the way we look at it is, um, for us a signal of intent could be if someone we see talking to a competitor. Um, that's a signal of intent. Yeah. Um, if we... If we see someone researching about a specific keyword, that could be a signal of intent. If we see someone attending a trade show or a conference, whether it's broad or niche, that could be a signal of intent. A signal of intent for us could be, you know, we see all of a sudden someone hiring a bunch of SDRs. I mean, for in our case, that's right. a good signal of intent. Uh, a signal of intent could be if in their SEC filing, they say something, that give us an indication that they'll be investing in something. Okay, so it that sounds like you guys aren't intent. using the keywords, the topics like, uh, I won't mention competitors. Um, so you aren't using the topics, <laughs> you're using more kind of, uh, I know in the past here, we've done similar things. We've said, you know, if people are hiring uh, salespeople, if they're hiring marketing, they're going to need data um, for those people to use. So yeah. our, our trigger words, our keywords might not be anywhere in, in the, what they're putting out, but we, they're, they're posting yeah. for jobs. And so we know there's something there coming go. down the road, or if they just got funding, go. it doesn't say anything they're funding about data, but we know this is related to this. So, so you guys, That's it. it sounds like, I mean, you have to then set up specific triggers on a client by client basis. So the client defines it. So the beauty of it, the way our system is set up, the client comes in and says, Hey, I fall under, and let's take the example of, of IT security, for example. Okay. Client says, hey, I fall under IT security, and within IT security, I am specifically interested in you know, endpoint threat detection. Okay? That's the business category that I categorize myself in. Once they say that, our system then maps endpoint security to a list of all the competitors or players in that ecosystem. Um, we would get that data from Trust Radius, Captera, G2 Crowd, whichever. We get the list of companies. Then from there, once we have the companies, we then find out a bunch of keywords and topics these, um, uh, these companies are putting content out on. So we say, hey, these are keywords you should be tracking. Then a client then chooses the third type of trigger, which says, Okay, within this industry, endpoint security, I am, these are the events that we would like to attend. Black Hat, RSA, you know, DevOps Days, or NetSuite World, or whatever it is. These are the events I'm attending. That's the third trigger. And the fourth kind of trigger is, um, and also, if you see someone hiring for these kind of roles using these kind of technologies, I'd love to know that. So they configure that. They just basically say, they just, there's a drop down box literally that they select off and that's it. We take that, we start crawling, using our natural language processing, we identify which is relevant, which is not, which fits their buyer persona and then basically pass it over. Interesting. So I know a company like Bombora, you say, here's the topics, give me the feed. You guys are not 100% bespoke where it's not like you're sitting down and brainstorming and saying, how can we identify, you know, this type of stuff, but you do have all these other non keyword search kind of uh, intent things that people can specifically select yeah. for. Here's the thing though. And, and this goes back to the first thing that I said, 
intent is not, cannot be viewed from one lens, especially in a B2B complex sales. As you mentioned, like if someone raised funding, that might be an indication that they might need something. Or actually, I'll give you a classic example. Sometimes intent could be absence of something. What I mean by that is, let's say you are a marketing, digital marketing company, right? Okay. Uh, and and let, let me give you an example of PR. Actually, let me give you an example yeah, of a PR use case, right? <laughs> All right, let's do this. Okay. So as a PR, if someone is reading up on a lot about PR services, that might or might not mean that there is need for it. It just might be out of interest. Could be a student, right? Yeah. But from a PR perspective, let's look at this scenario. Let's say you find out that company is a SaaS company that has over 20 employees. And in the last six months, they have launched a couple products from their blog. They have announced two couple new features, Mm -hmm. but they have had no press release about it. So that's an absence of press release, but they're still growing. They're still have some momentum, right? That's a perfect opportunity for a PR firm to reach out to their CEO or head of marketing and saying, Hey, notice you guys are rolling out these awesome features, new products, new partnerships, but you're not making any announcement outside of your blog. Do you think, do you know you can reach so many more people by doing proper PR? You're so right. That's a signal, right? So this is the thing that I, I, I think people need to understand. An intense signal is not someone reading up on PR on Forbes.com. It cannot be or seeing an ad somewhere. It is way more complex and nuanced than this. Well, it seems like it has a, you know lots of data sets, and you have to analyze a lot. Uh, you have to analyze the data. You know, absolutely. Yes. Probably what you run into with people thinking it's a silver bullet is they're not looking at it from a logic standpoint, right? You have so yep. many points yep. of data, you have to connect them. So that's very, yep. you know, that scenario that you gave is very real. So that is what lead sets can do. That's, that's, that's what we aim to do. That's, that's our vision. That's how we look at intent. Intent cannot be one and one silo. And the way we look at it is every quarter, we try to come up with a new source of triggers. Right. Um, and we try to build that out. Yes, that's, that's exactly what we try so to do. So identify another area that can be generally applied to people to, that would signal one thing or another for, for clients. Interesting. It, it reminds me so much of poker and reading your opponents in poker where it's, it doesn't mean just because you can see the, the vein in their neck pumping that, that they either have a good hand or a bad hand necessarily. But if you know how to interpret the signals and collect them all together, you get a higher percentage chance of you know, ca- catching of that eye twitch and, uh, and, and what exactly. it likely means for you. Now, you might still miss. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Fascinating. All right. I want to take a quick break. After the break, we'll come back. And uh, I've got a bunch more questions. Oh my gosh, it's break time. time. It's break time already. Yep. I think we covered some great stuff here, uh, Tukan. Um, and uh, we got a really good foundation for the, uh, for the second half. Thank you. So we're speaking with uh, Tukan Das. He's the CEO of LeadSift. And we're, we're talking, of course, about intent data. And we will be right back on the If You Market podcast. This is Tom Pick from Webiquity. We provide digital marketing services to help B2B technology companies increase their online visibility, website traffic, lead generation, and brand awareness through social media, influencer marketing, content marketing, social media, and SEO. You can find us online at webiquity.com. If that's too hard to spell, use Tom Pick, T-O-M-P-I-C-K.com, which will redirect you there. You can also find me on Twitter at Tom Pick or LinkedIn. Welcome back to the If You Market podcast, the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. Today we have Tukan Das, CEO of LeadSift with us. They are an intent data company. We've been talking all about intent data. Here comes some more intent data. Tukan, we had way too much conversation during the break that we're going to have to repeat now. Um, (laughs) Let's jump jump straight into this. Intent data, is this a fad product that's going to wear out once we overuse it as marketers, or does this have kind of a sticking power? Does it have a a long-term actual um, benefit? Yeah, so... Trick question. I think you can just say uh, yes, but... (laughs) 
I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll obviously the answer is yes, and I'll I'll tell you why. Please. The, the reality, <laughs> the the reality is, if you talk to any sales and marketing person at any company, the number one goal that they're trying to optimize is towards capturing the intent of their buyers at the right time, so they can sell them the product, right? That will always be the case. So marketing and sales is never going away. <laughs> um, so if they're not going away, they need better ways to capture when their buyers are starting to do the research, starting to be in the buying journey. And as a result, uh, intent data is a solution to that. So I don't think it'll ever go away. Um, it has been there for way longer than we actually think. As I said, uh, historically, Google is the company that has figured out a way to fulfill intent. But they've um, encapsulated it only with their own environment and you have to come into their house their to use it. So now, exactly. So now from a B2B perspective, other companies like LeadSift and, and a few others are trying to capture some of the intent as they're happening on the outside web and then giving it to you so that you can reach out to your buyers at the right time. So no, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, whether it will evolve or not, I, I absolutely think it's going to going to evolve there there are going to be newer technologies there are going to be newer tells or, or proxies as i said before but it's not people will away. always give out uh tells i guess you'd say and, and being it. able to and, identify and, capture and and uh feed that information to clients is always going to be valuable that's it the tells will change uh, will evolve but there will always be signs or triggers. so i guess right now intent data is not inexpensive let's say um, so maybe a lot of small companies can't can't really use or pay for or get intent data. Is it going to become more economical? And when that happens, will we do what we do with everything else and overuse it? And companies will uh, to go back to the poker analogy, you know, start wearing sunglasses and hoodies everywhere so you can't pick up as much intent on them. Um, yes. So there are privacy laws that are being put in place to prevent some of that anyways, that's, a, that's one side of it. But um, from whether it will become commoditized or not, uh, I don't think it will. Um, I don't think it will because of the nature of the business. Um, because the fact is there will be companies that will always provide lists and contact data. Um, I hope so, yeah. There, <laughs> <laughs> I think there are about you know what, thousand plus companies that provide that in some excellent, form. Good excellent point. I always say less than a dozen in the U.S. legitimate data companies for, for business But then data. there's others that, re, but, but there are others that resell that data. Right. Re Tons, ton it, of resellers, right? a ton of uh, fringe companies with niche data maybe. Yeah. In the intent data space, how many legitimate intent data companies would you say there are right now? There's probably six. There's probably six. six. So it's a pretty small space. It is a very small space right now. Is it, um, yeah. is it economically feasible for companies to uh, take part in intent data for their marketing purposes, or is it still on the high-end side? Right now it is. It's, well, depending on which vendor you're talking to, it can be very expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, Leads historically is on the lower end of the spectrum based on how we collect the data. Uh, and who we serve to, but more than the economics of it, I think the challenge with smaller companies is is the execution of it. Meaning, um, smaller companies have lower bandwidth, um, and they have lower lower. Uh, they need quick turnarounds. Uh, meaning, a ten percent company does not have the time to be running multi-channel nurture programs, giving it to SDRs. Uh, buying ads, providing air cover, and passing it to AEs and doing those things with intent. They're, they All they care is, did this person book a meeting with me? Right. And if they didn't book it within the first week, this is garbage. So they have much that. more linear processes and they don't have two weeks Wait. to study intent data to figure out what it is. No. <laughs> no. Right. No. So, so, I mean, we do have smaller companies that have used uh, LeadSip's intent and, and gotten, someone has gotten 800% the ROI. Um, we are a small company. We use it. But uh, the sweet spot that we see with well, who we sell to is between 50 to 500 employees. Uh, we, we don't directly sell to large enterprises. I mean, we have partners through whom we sell to 
you know, the IBM's, HP's, Cisco's, or Oracle's of the world, but we typically directly sell to the 50 to 500. I would imagine the, as with many marketing practices, the um, product value really comes into play also. I mean, if you're trying to sell a ton of fidget spinners, uh, you know, at $3.99 a pop, you're not going to be able to use intent data. You need mass marketing. No. No, uh, well, that's a great question. So one of the qualifications is you need to be doing some kind of an outside sales team or outbound sales function. If it is all inbound, mm-hmm. right? If your sales product offering is between $29 to $99 a month, you don't need any kind of um, you know, outside intended. You don't need static. Right. You need either. brand and PR and maybe a billboard and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, 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 and inbound right. marketing, right? So people will come in, self-serve and things like that. But if... On what we see is if your deal size is more than $5,000 annually or close to $10,000 um, annually, th- that's when you, when you have an outside sales function and that's when intent can really turbocharge. So that's where the intent helps you optimize to say in your outbound efforts, again, pursue these hundred out of these thousand instead of pursuing all 1000, focus your efforts on these hundred. Hundred today. today. Yeah. Oh, and I guess, good point. The um, intent data is not a, here's your dump of leads, now go pursue them. This is a weekly, no. sometimes a monthly, but typically a daily. weekly, a daily, daily feed. Daily. Here's the activity Absolutely. going on right now type of a type of feed. Yep, so, yep. Right, so, yep. and then I guess with small companies also, yeah, you're not going to get this dump of information and now you have your quarter's leads to pursue or something like that. It's a, yep. here's the accounts to pursue right now kind of a daily call list type activity. Yep. Transitions nicely yep. into the next thing. How do people execute this? So let's say somebody's working with you. You're gonna you've you've figured everything out, and now you can feed them intent data. What are they gonna get, and how are they gonna act on that to help close more business or generate more leads or, or whatever it is? Yeah. So uh, the way we see intent is uh, our intent. It has sort of three slightly different use cases. The same data stream. Um, when we push the data directly into, we typically push into a CRM, uh, Salesforce, or a marketing automation system like a Marketo. Um, when we push the data, uh, a large fraction of the data are on net new accounts and net new contacts. These are the accounts and contacts that fit your ICP, but they don't exist in mm-hmm. your system. So these are the ones that are cold. Um, you take them, and there's two plays to do it. One, marketing can run some kind of nurture program, whether it's through ads or some kind of effort. And B, depending on the company fit or the scoring that the company has internally, they might pass it over to the SDRs to run personalized campaigns, calls, emails, LinkedIn outreach to, to, to get them to an SQL. So that's one of the first use cases. The second piece is a certain percentage of signals and contacts that we push in are on existing accounts people that you might have spoken to, companies you might have spoken to, but it's not moving anywhere, or it might be an active opportunity, but all of a sudden you see a couple signals happening on the outside. Or you might be in the process of closing and the intent data just tells you, yep, it was accurate. I'm in the process of closing with these guys and they're they're looking at this stuff. 20% 20 of your pipeline for any, because when we push to Salesforce, we see it, 20% of your pipeline gets a signal from the insert on a weekly basis. Uh, So... Um, so they, so in that case, you will not, the, the play is very different. If it's on an active opportunity or if it's an existing account, you don't give it to SDRs. What you do is you then notify, I mean, we have the system to notify the account owner saying, hey, this account that you own is doing this, this, this. Do something with it. So that's the second way of using it. And the third, a smaller but a very interesting use case is, is to prevent churn. So one of your existing customers, all of a sudden you start seeing them talking to a competitor. Yeah. That might be, it could be a churn risk or it could be an upsell mm-hmm. opportunity. Who knows? Um, but that goes to the customer success team or support. Function. I've seen that um, internally and yeah. realized, oh, this happens everywhere. We will have a vendor and we've been using them for a while, but we're not going to them every time we have an issue. But, uh, you know, we have other options and we start looking closer at those options and saying, eh, maybe it's time to move over here. And they don't know until we're actually moving. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. You want to cancel? You don't want to use us anymore? Can we talk? And we're like, yeah. actually, yeah. we've already done all the research. We've been talking to other people and now we're jumping over here uh, because 
you know, they're doing all this stuff that you're not or whatever it is, or they gave us a better deal. And we always think also with our clients, Hey, make sure that, that you're in touch. If they're not talking to you, it doesn't mean everything's great. Uh, they could, they could be in the talking to somebody else. So the intent data will help tell yep. you, Hey, you think you're cool with this account, but they're talking to somebody else. Yep. Excellent. Okay. So is there anything in particular in, in intent data? I understand it's you integrate with the CRM or you give people a file and they can then match it to their accounts and, and decide how to pursue which accounts up uh, new account, give it to an SDR um, existing account for this account manager. Just let them know this is going on. Um, is there anything in particular in intent data that worries or bothers you? Um, sometimes, and again, it, it goes about expectations. Sometimes client might think a signal of intent is similar to someone requesting a demo mm -hmm. and they might invest a lot of resource on that without the, the, the throughput or the output they would expect. Um, that worries me. And that's an education piece is, I mean, it's great that you're investing, but look for multiple sources of signal, look from who are all the people who are showing interest. And if you have some inactive opportunity um, with them, then yeah, go all in. But if it's cold, net new, be careful about how much effort you, you put right, in right. it. And it's just with every- I like the all in term back to the poker analogy. You know, this is an unknown entity just because you see this one signal, don't invest everything in chasing this. Cause, and go. then come back to, uh, to Tukon and say, uh, hey, you were wrong and be mad at you. <laughs> yeah. So yep. part of yep. your job there then seems to be kind of downselling your product almost. You're, you know, you said setting expectations. Right, right. It's not setting a silver bullet. You're like, hey, yeah. hey, this is great, but don't be pissed when it's not magic. I mean, look, the reality is if we could, you know, 100% accurately predict uh, who's going to buy your software, I'd be, we'd be richer. Yeah, than you wouldn't Google. have a brick wall in the background. You'd yeah. have the ocean. No. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And uh, and a hover hovercraft yeah. sitting on that and doing that call. So uh, so that's that's the truth. Um, so it's an expectation thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so you mentioned Salesforce as something you push into a CRM that you'd push into. Are there any other techs that are useful with implementing in, in, or or receiving intent data? Sales engagement platforms, mm -hmm. meaning uh, outreach and sales loft. SDRs live in that. Mm -hmm. So getting the data and putting them automatically triggering an outreach sequence, that, that is another important piece of so the stack. So you want it to be pushed into the technology that your salespeople are using, that your SDRs are using, and that your marketing is using? Absolutely, yes. Oh. Okay. Any particular things to avoid to watch out for with intent data? Other than over, you've already mentioned over thinking there's way more opportunity there there is and really going after something just because they showed an intent signal. Um, any other kind of watch out for this type things? Uh, one thing, it's a, it's a simple thing. Um, I mean, specifically for LeadSift, because we will tell you, you know, Joe Smith was engaging with a competitor. Uh, when you get the piece of data, when you follow up with Joe, just don't mention that, hey, Joe, I know you were talking to my top yeah. competitor. What's up? <laughs> How can I help you? Um, that creeps people yeah, out. Why are you doing that to me, bro? It. Come on. I thought we had something yeah. here. <laughs> so we, what one of our customers actually said this is like, they make it sound more of a coincidence yeah. than the fact that they know. Yeah. yeah. We've seen, uh, I guess. Well, that's very tactful, but you can't teach people tact. Yeah. <laughs> Some people just don't yeah. have it. It's first party intent, but when you send somebody an email and an email campaign, you get back the information, the old school narrowing it down thing is we would tell our clients, Hey, you send out a campaign. Great. Now, pursue the people who clicked first, pursue the people, you know, first the people who fill out the form yep. or whatever the lead activity is yep. respond, but then have your, you know, your SDRs cold call on people who click through and then on people who open yep. and leave the people who didn't even open the email for, for very last. Those are, so that's kind of an, an in-house intent. But when you call those people, yep. don't tell them, Hey, I saw you click through, but you didn't do anything else. Look, you know, it, it's unnecessary to share the depth of information you, yep. you have on people. Again, it can spook them out. Yeah. Back to the dating analogy, uh, you know, we've had training, I think it's somewhere in our training using this analogy where we say having the information on somebody before you approach them and ask to buy them a drink or whatever the step is that you're asking to do is great, but you don't walk up and, and use their name and, uh, you know, maybe you have a, a friend in common or something like that. 
don't just spit out that you've done all your research and you know the name of their dog and you know where they live and you know their phone number already and like that's gonna freak them out Mm -hmm. maybe you know all that stuff you might if you're a stalker don't walk up to people and say hey i'm a stalker i know everything about you (laughs) okay we're getting really close to the end here one last thing i want to touch on uh tukan of course uh, and then anything else you want to mention out there but i know within intent data there's there's scoring on it there's uh the intent signal itself i guess so people aren't just getting a list of companies saying these companies showed intent but you're getting companies and it says kind of relatively how much intent can you speak to that and also to yeah. to what this relative scoring is and, and why it exists? Yeah. So the scoring is what I go is a reflection of what, in, according to me, the definition of intent is. The definition of intent, according to me, is a probability of a company going to buy your service or software or services at any given time. So with probability, it's between zero to hundred. Same thing, an intent score is a score between zero to 100, which reflects how likely this company is gonna buy. So every intent data provider assigns a score at an account level. Uh, for us, um, we, we assign the score at an account level, we use a combination of a few things. It uses what kind of triggered events they're showing, uh, how frequently they're showing, over what period of time they have shown, and most importantly, who within that organization is showing. Because we have contact level signals we can tell you, oh, you know, if you're selling an IT security product, a CIO showing intent and a head of engineering is a very strong signal versus if the the marketing manager shows. Right. And also, mm-hmm. so combining all I of think that, one other thing I'd add in yeah, is also ahead. the relative nature of it. For instance, let's say you get, we'll just put, I'll put a number on it. You get ten individual intent signals from one company, and you get 10 every week from that company. They kind of have a baseline of that. It doesn't mean their yeah. intent. Intent is the difference between where they normally are and where they are now. So their intent isn't rising at all. Another company may have gone from zero to five, but they actually are showing intent versus the one that's at 10. And then you might have IBM, which is registering a hundred different intent hits a day on that topic. Um, but they're IBM. So their hundred is their baseline versus two is somebody else's, none is somebody else's, 10 is somebody else's. It's very important. It's very important to scale based on the size of the company and also how their historical pattern. So you normalize based on that. Absolutely, yes. Right, right. So it's the number. But, but here's the thing though. One thing that we do, that's, that's our take. We assign a score on the intent at the account level so the clients can prioritize it. But at the same time, what we tell is the client knows the best way to score. Um, so use our score you know, to prioritize if you need to. But if you want, you should be configuring your scores yourself. So one of our customers, a lot of our customers have, based on the trigger, they have come up with their own scoring mechanism. And that's perfect. Uh, ours is just a guiding factor. Interesting. So do they do that on their side or do they tell you here's... Yeah, on, on their side. So you will actually show them, here's all the intense signals we receive. They, they put up this many uh, ads for, to hire for this position. They're searching for these things. They're downloading these things. They're reading these that you'll, you'll give them all those signals and a score and they can use your score or they can dig into it and individually score everything themselves. Do you show them what you scored each thing so they can adjust from there if you want? No, No. they got to come up with their own there. That's (laughs) you don't give them that menu. Or that's um, uh, the, the uh, hmm, uh, recipe <laughs> in, in that sense. Well, it, 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 it is a machine learning model that spits out a score combining. So there is, it's impossible for us to break oh, it Oh, I down. forgot to even get into that. So you are actually you're using machine learning in this, in this stuff already. Hmm. Yeah. You, you have to from <laughs> the crawling and extracting. It's something yes. to you, but the listeners and myself, we don't know, uh, you know, maybe this might just yeah. be manual scoring. So I, I did not, and, and specifically, I did not want to go into, into the jargons mm. of the tech because it really, end of the day, it really doesn't matter to be honest right. with you. End of the day, all that matters to the customer is, are, is this intelligence, is this data good enough so that I, can I book enough meetings or can I significantly have an impact on my pipeline? It doesn't matter whether it's manual or machine learning or AI or whatever yeah. buzzword. And the jargon of intent data is yeah. enough for one episode. We don't need to get into for machine one, learning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So basically, yeah. you guys have some magic computers in the background helping with this stuff. That's good to know. 
That's it. That's it. All right. Anything else that people need to know we haven't covered about the intent data? No, that's that's pretty much it. I think we went quite a bit deep into the topic. So and, yeah, uh, I'm sure the listeners got a lot because I feel like I'm I'm coming out with a better knowledge of it myself. So, uh, Carla, Joe, any last awesome. uh, comments? Anything? Any last things you want to lob? But uh, no, I think Tukan, I think you did a great job of explaining things and giving the rationale why. I didn't have to ask them any questions. That was good. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. So. Uh, Anybody wants to find Tukon, of course, Tukon Das, you can search him on uh, LinkedIn, find him there. Lead Sift, that's L-E-A-D-S-I-F-T.com. We'll have this information on the uh, show notes for this episode as well. Anywhere else you want people to be able to find you, Tukon? Just leadsift.com. Just go to leadsift.com and that's the best. Fantastic. So. And anything, um, anything going on with you guys with intent data right now, as far as people coming, you know, if they want more information on intent, if they want um, some sort of, you know, they want a sample or like, how can they approach yeah. you to get some intent data and get things rolling? So one of the things we do is we have this thing called a get a free report an intent analysis. Mm -hmm. They go to leadsev.com. They put in their name, email address. They give us a list of their top three competitors. And based off that, we will show them which accounts are showing intent towards those competitors and that industry in the last week. We provide that data for free, no obligations, and yeah, and if they like what they see, then we proceed to the next step. Fantastic. Great. Yeah. So if you're even curious about intent data, um, go check LeadSift out and, uh, and get one of those from them. I know as a data company ourselves, not intent, but just kind of the, the base data for, for marketing, we always tell people get a sample. If you think you might be interested, yep. it doesn't cost anything to reach out and say, yeah, shoot me a sample of this. And then you kind of know your job. You know what your options are a lot better. It's your job. I tell you, if you're not doing this, you're not doing your job. So check out, uh, check out lead sift over there for intent data. If you market.com, the, if you market podcast, please, uh, either, uh, share us on social media, tell a friend or give us a good review on iTunes. If you do all three, that's great. But if you could uh, run out and hit one of those for us, that would be awesome. <laughs> Again, check out the show notes on if you market.com for, uh, for this episode. And, uh, on behalf of Carla Joe Helms and the, if you market team and Tukan Das of lead sift, Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with intent data, they will come. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider, Mountaintop Data's Top Data Search platform. What's Top Data Search? Well, with Top Data Search, you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees. Top Data Search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.